Hello, and welcome to the Heavenbound Podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and we are opening the Bible in search of fuel for your spiritual journey. This is where we talk about life, the way it was meant to be, and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus in the 21st century, wherever you are. Thanks for joining us on the journey today. Well, this is the month of April, and they talk about April showers, bring May flowers, and spring is upon us. It's time to get the mowers out, and we're starting to look at the end of school coming pretty soon. And one of the things that April presents to us is spring cleaning. Time to clean out those closets and the garage and go through the school kids' clothes and and pitch things. And that is hard for some people to do. Uh, some people like to hold on to things that even do not fit them anymore, but there's just some value in their minds to it. And we see that they just keep things going on and going on that way. And so what we're going to do for the month of April, we're going to call this spring cleaning. And we're going to talk about four topics that we think are very important and topics that sometimes you and I have a hard time getting rid of. God wants us to get rid of these things, but we have a hard time doing that. And so today we're going to introduce this by talking about the subject of anger. People hold on to anger, and we'll talk about lots of different aspects of that. Lord willing, next time we're going to talk about a person's past and how the past is hard to get rid of for some people, and they want to cling to that for different reasons. Then we want to talk about uh, the hurts. Sometimes people have a hard time forgetting and forgiving and getting beyond the hurts that somebody's done. You'll find some people that will refer to stories that happened 20 years ago, and they have still kept that thing alive. And then I think one of the great lessons we need to talk about is forgiving ourselves. There are just times when somebody will just not forgive themselves and they'll just hold on to the misery that the sin has brought to them and they'll just stay there. And so spring cleaning, time to pit stuff, time to get rid of things. And that's a thought that's found throughout the scriptures. Uh, as the book of Ephesians talks about this transition from uh, the man of sin to the man of Christ, he talks about putting off things and putting on things. And so that idea is something that's very, very real to us throughout the scriptures. And so we hope you'll join us this month as we talk about Getting rid of things, it's hard to do sometimes. Roger, I am blessed to be one of two leaders here at, at Charlestown Road, uh, a small group of young couples. And just a couple of months ago, we talked a little bit about anger, learning to experience it and handle it and, and deal with it as individuals and couples in a godly way. I floated to them four different common ways of experience experiencing and handling anger. I'm going to put you on the spot here and just ask you what I what you think I meant by this. Uh, one way to experience it is like a volcano. What uh, what do you think a volcano way of dealing with anger would be like? Well, that just explodes. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. the word, and it's going to explode in violence. It's going to explode in language, attitude, just being mad, and you know, slamming of the doors, the raising of the voice, all that comes along, and that's that's someone. And sometimes when somebody has that characteristics. You're you're just really walking carefully around them because you never know when they are going to explode. Yeah, yeah. All right. What about the crock pot? 
A crock pot. You, you, you may have to help me on that one. All right. Uh, so uh, all I see with that is something that's just simmering. It's okay. Simmering. Yeah. 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 Simmering under the lid, right? Yeah. And there is the potential for eventual explosion, right? But lots of people just kind of simmer under a lid, and there's something going on there, but it's. It's not really being dealt with, right? Then I floated. Well, let, you know, it, it, that right there reminded me of an old story I used right. to use. This, this guy was at work, and he was complaining to a coworker about his wife, how they got in a fight the night before, and he said that she got hyster- his, historical. He said, and the man <laughs> said, no, the word is hysterical. He said, no, he, she was historical. She went way back. <laughs> and, and that's right. what we do. So, sometimes we just hold on to those things yeah. until the lid comes off and look out. All right. Then I talked about the sandpaper. Sandpaper. That's yeah. just irritating. Yeah. Irritating. Rough and, rough just and irritable. Rough and, and you just have a way of making somebody miserable by that. Yeah. Um, I have this little thing I do with my granddaughters. Whenever they visit, I always take the palm of their hand and rub it over their cheeks and say smooth. Then I rub it over mine and I say sandpaper. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's scratchy. It's scratchy. You know, that's and, that, right. and that's exactly what happens. It's just scratchy. And, and so the sandpaper relationship is just – uh, those little digs, those yeah. little looks, those little things that just irritate. All right, last one, the iceberg. Yeah, that's that's a silence treatment. Yeah, yep. cold of ice. You, you got know? it. Cold and distant. Yes, and 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 the the common conversation that happens is the husband comes home or walks into a room and he can he can feel the ice, he can feel the tension. And he says to his wife, what's wrong? And she says, you know. <laughs> and right there, he starts going through his mind. Hmm. What could it be? What I, did I do? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. He starts playing that guessing game. But but, but all of those are ways of dealing or not dealing with anger. Yeah. And anger is a real, real issue. What, what, what are some of the things that come out with anger? What's, why is that? You know, the Bible talks about this so many times. Why is it such a danger? Yeah. Ephesians 4 is a passage that helps me because it, it acknowledges, first of all, in verse 26, that anger is a good emotion. Right. We talked recently about this sermon I had preached on a, a recent Sunday evening about hell. There is a place for anger, right? Anger is a good emotion that, that we can easily experience, but if we're not careful, we can express it sinfully. And so I think that's the, the reasoning behind Ephesians 4.26. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And we'll, we'll probably talk about the next few verses in a, in a few moments. But first thing that stands out to me is, okay, anger in and of itself is not unrighteous. There is a place for righteous anger. But if I'm not careful, I can express it in unrighteous ways. You know, I've always thought how interesting this passage begins. He does not say, do not be angry. Mm-hmm. He says, be angry. Yeah. But there's a limit to it. Do not sin. Yeah. Do not let the sun go down in your anger. And I think, I think that's, that is important things because when we're angry, sometimes we can't see straight. 
and we become obsessed with whatever made us mad and our blood pressure rises and we and we we immediately feel like we have to retaliate somehow we, somebody launches a missile toward us we've got to launch a missile back and that's what starts wars and so we we get in an argument or we we you know get real ugly with somebody and and when it's uncontrolled, it just leads to all kinds of trouble. And, and so that's why the, the Bible over and over just really puts a, a, some stern words about anger and how we need to watch it and be careful about those things. Yeah, if you stay right there, I mean, clearly it can come to set up camp for lack of a better term, or, or take root in our hearts. I think that's why he's warning us not to let the sun go down on our anger, because ultimately it can open a door of opportunity for the devil, right? That's the next verse, verse 27. Give no opportunity to the devil. How do you think unresolved, unchecked, unfiltered anger gives the devil an opportunity. Well, you know, to me, I've always looked at this almost like a wedding invitation. And so when somebody's really angry and they're upset, they're just inviting the devil to come in their hearts, to think thoughts they shouldn't have, to say words they should never have, to do actions they shouldn't have. And that that's just because the anger has taken over them and has really controlled these things. Now, you know, as we talk about this in the setting of spring cleaning and getting rid of things, yeah. you know, we talk about maybe this T-shirt I had from 25 years ago. <laughs> well, you know, it's time, you know, time to get rid of that old thing and get rid of it and some people will do that they'll have an old clat old hat or old shoes that they've kept for years and years and maybe they haven't even worn it but they just keep it and maybe it's time to get rid of things well we talk about getting rid of anger why would somebody want to keep it yeah that's a that's a good question because clearly down in verse 31 we're called to put it away right uh, among other things bitterness wrath anger clamor slander let it be put away from you so we experience it right but we're not going to allow it to set up camp we're not going to allow it to change the atmosphere of our hearts or our spirits it needs to be put away but i the, the first thing that comes to my mind is Anger makes us feel powerful at times, right? It it makes us feel like we are in control. Maybe a lot of times we are angry because we are reacting to a situation that is beyond our control. I can't reach out and slow down that guy who cut me off in interstate traffic, right? I I can't make another human being do what I really intensely want them to do. And it opens the door to anger. And I, I think one of the dangers is it makes me feel more powerful than I really am. And a lot of us we like the feeling of being powerful. And, and I think another reason I'd put to this is that uh, a lot of times it just makes us want to be the judge and the jury. Yeah. And uh, something wrong has happened to us, and I'm angry, and that that justifies me making the score right. You know, somebody has done something to me, and the balance is imbalanced, so I'm going to be angry and say something back, and somehow that's going to make the balance right. It's going to go back to my favor of things. And so it's that, it's that judge and jury 
an executioner that somebody wants to be because they've been hurt and they want to get these things back. Interesting now, I want to, I want us before we leave this Ephesian passage, notice where he says in 26 and 27, uh, he, he, he will say that three times, do not. Right. Do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your anger. Do not give the devil an opportunity. And then in verse 31, let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, clamor, slander be put away from you. That, that, that shows us what? Well, it shows us, I think, primarily this is going to eat away at us. It may make us feel like we are in control, but like so many things, we can easily be deceived by it, right? When the Bible talks about about the devil, it's talking about someone who can easily deceive us. And if we're not careful... Uh, obviously, I'm not in the place of judge, jury, and executioner. Uh, to believe that I am is to be deceived. I am not really as powerful as maybe anger makes me feel, and so that deceives me. But ultimately, if if the devil can allow this or be allowed to, to have this take root in my heart more and more and more, I'm going to think like him, I'm going to talk like him, I'm going to treat others like him. He's got me right where he wants me. And then the other side of this that I want us to see right here in this Ephesian passage is that anger is something I control. When it says, be angry, yet do not sin. Well, I can't help it because I'm angry. No, do not. Do not let the sun go down your anger. Well, I'm mad and I'm going to be mad tomorrow. I'm going to be mad the next day. No, you, you control the situation. That's one of the driving thoughts here. And so when he says in verse 31, to put away these things, that's up to us. We can't control what happens to us. Right. We can control what goes on around us, but we certainly can control our reaction to these things. And one of the driving thoughts throughout the Bible is you have a choice to be angry or not. You have a choice to let this get the best of you or not get the best of you. And I think that's one of the powerful things about this. I think our culture just gets the idea, well, you know, there's been some injustice. I'm angry now and I can't help it. And what the Bible's saying is, yes, you can. Yeah. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 11, surely helps me on this front. Understand the why and the, the how. Uh, Solomon in Proverbs 29, 11 says, a fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. And so if we think of anger, you know, I think Pixar did a pretty good job with that inside out movie, right? That red little guy that just has flames shooting out of the top of his head. And uh, what's he doing? Well, he is giving full vent and encouraging that little girl to give full vent to her spirit. When we're angry, I mean, it's no coincidence that a lot of times in the Bible we read about someone's anger burning hot. And, of course, that's a metaphorical way of saying you're hot on the inside. Well, okay, you may not be able to control what made you hot on the inside. You may not even be able initially to control the fact that you do feel hot on the inside but the Ephesians passage, this Proverbs 29, 11 reminds us your spirit, my spirit is to have a vent. 
you know, if it's too hot or too cold in your house, you know what it is to open and shut those vents. If I just give full open vent to what I'm feeling on the inside, God's warning me, that's the pathway of foolishness. The wise person learns to experience, but use that vent in how we handle it on the outside. So if I was to ask you, Jason, if you could name me, just just run through the ones you remember, some people in the Bible that were angry. Yeah. Who, who comes to your mind? Yeah, well, it, it I, we got to start with uh, Cain and Abel, right? I mean, Cain is angry. His face falls, right, when his sacrifice is not accepted by God the way that his brother's is, and God reasons with him, listen, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you. Don't Give the devil an opportunity to borrow from Ephesians chapter 4. Cain gives full vent to his spirit. He is consumed with that anger, and it gives fuel to his self-seeking spirit to slay his own brother Abel. I mean, I think of Esau, who uh, uh, comforts himself that when my dad, Jacob, is dead— I, or when when uh, uh, my my dad uh, Isaac is dead, I'm going to kill my brother Jacob. That's what he's taking comfort in. I, the time's going to come when I can kill him, and surely that's going to make me feel better. I mean, from old to New Testaments, right? Who who would stand out in your mind? Well, Joseph's brothers they yeah. they were not only jealous, they were angry. They they wanted to kill him, but they finally settled down to just putting him in the pit and selling him, which yeah. is. Not a nice thing to do. <laughs> nope. Um, you think about Naaman when when uh, he was told that if he dipped in the river of Jordan seven times, he'd be cured. That wasn't what he expected. It wasn't what he wanted. And the Bible says he went away furious. He yeah. was angry with the, the message. Uh, you'd have to say King Saul multiple times. He threw spears at David trying to kill him. And, and again, just... Just the anger that takes over a person. They're not thinking straight. They're not acting right. And that's why the Bible talks about this. And this is something that we just need to clean out of our hearts and get rid of because it's not going to take us where God wants us to be. Yeah, you know, it. Uh, unless I'm missing one, I think in every single example that we just listed, there is someone, whether it be God or another human being, who comes along after the fact and and tries to reason. Are you really thinking clearly here? Are, are you really thinking about the consequences of giving in to this? That ought to, that, that ought to make us stop and think, okay, are there people in my life who have permission to reason with me when they know that I'm angry? Or have I somehow tried to revoke that permission, maybe made them scared to reason with me because of the way I am handling this anger. Roger, if you were going to counsel someone who is just really struggling with the control of anger. They've they've allowed it to get the best of them at times. They've they've acted like this fool of Proverbs 29. 
How would you encourage them to begin getting that ball turned in a different direction? You know, another great verse is Ecclesiastes 11.10, where Solomon says, so remove grief and anger from your heart. It yeah. can be. So one thing I tell this person is it can be removed. Yeah. God says that. And so you got to begin with believing God. And maybe you are by nature just an angry person. You walk through life with a chip on your shoulder. You're always mad about something. And by doing that, you're not seeing the blessings of God. You're not seeing the value of fellowship. You're just upset. You don't enjoy worship because you're mad. You don't enjoy being around your family because you're mad. You're just mad at work. You're mad at home. You're always mad. Well, first of all, that's no way to live. That's not the way God made you. And you can remove that. Uh, you keeping that is a choice. That's like that 25-year-old T-shirt. Why are you keeping that for? It doesn't fit you anymore. There's holes in it. It doesn't even look good anymore. But you keep that in your closet. It's time to pitch it. And so that's the first thing we begin with by understanding that God says you can get rid of it. And so you do that. And And so from that, we're going to have to realize, okay, you can't change the world. You can't change people. You can't fix everything. There's going to be things that upset you and make you mad, but your reaction to that has a lot to do with that. And so you don't have to be involved in every argument you see on Facebook. You don't have to be involved in every dispute at work. You don't have to be, you know, those are things that kind of get the blood going and get us angry. You don't have to always be around those things. Distance yourself from some of those things. Yeah. And get the peace of God in your heart will make a big difference. Yeah, I would say just from a personal point of view, really important just to acknowledge it, right? Someone comes along and says, why are you angry? At least for me, the easy thing to immediately respond with is, I'm not angry. (laughs) <laughs> For some reason, there's a, you know, a, a buffer inside of us that maybe just wants to deny what is obvious. Praying about it is absolutely key. And, and then remembering, I, I would just add lastly, that verse 32 from Ephesians 4, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Reminding myself of how God has dealt with me is a powerful shaping influence on how I handle these strong internal emotions. Uh, that, as a Christian, sure does seem to be the path that's being prescribed. It there. does. I, I would add to this James one nineteen and 20. This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone should be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Yeah. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. When I am angry, it doesn't put me in a good place. And when I recognize that, I need to be in a good place with God. And so I'm going to be slow to anger. I'm going to just kind of think about things before I react. And if I have to walk away from a situation, I'm going to walk away from a situation. If I'm in a conversation and I'm getting kind of stirred up and heated up, I may say, let's talk about this later because I cannot talk about this right now. And recognize those things and that will help you. But again, to our theme this month, spring cleaning, there's certain things that some of us hold on to we just need to get rid of. Yeah, spring cleaning. Uh, Not at the top of everybody's most exciting list, right? But really important to do. Maybe unpleasant, you know, not easy to get outside and uh, clean those spotty windows after a long winter, but 
important to do and an important series for our good and for our relationship with God. Roger, thanks for joining me today. Thanks to all of you for listening to the Heaven Bound podcast. We hope it's helped you set your mind on things above and given you a little more fuel for the journey. If you found this discussion valuable, we would love it if you would share it with others. But in the meantime, always remember when you're walking with Jesus, you're heaven bound and the best is yet to come.